4: Let's get a big thumbs up. Get ready to rock and roll today. Let's have
5: some fun. 400 laps. I got you guys there. Have a great day. Sim 4 Tonight, we'll make it happen. We know what we got to do. The Motor
3: Racing Network presents NASCAR Live. Justin Haley is being scored the winner.
6: And Our strategy today is a small team, a new team. Um, let's just kind of right around the back, stay out of trouble.
7: It is all over, and Jimmy Johnson has... T-
8: I'm really optimistic for Kentucky. I think the uh, more handling style mile-and-a-half tracks where we need max downforce in the 550 package... The Hendrick cars has been really strong.
3: NASCAR Live is presented by Procore Construction Management Software. Reduce rework and finish jobs faster with Procore. And brought to you by Hercules Tires, right on our strength. From the Motor Racing Network Studios in Concord, North Carolina, here is your host, Mike Bagley.
1: Hello, everybody. Welcome to another edition of NASCAR Live here on the Motor Racing Network. Mike Bagley and the entire MRN crew with you for yet another weekly get-together, which will feature a visit. From our most recent winner in the Monster Energy NASCAR Cup Series, a surprise winner in Sunday's Coke Zero Sugar 400, Justin Haley. Justin will be by on this week's show to talk about getting that first cup win and the unique circumstances that surrounded getting that win. We're also going to go face-to-face with Joe Gibbs Racing's Eric Jones. We'll chat about his season and a whole lot more. We've got country music singer Michael Ray. He was in Daytona over the weekend. We had a chance to talk with him about his experience with NASCAR and his music career as well. Now that we're in the summer months, heat is a major factor for a lot of these drivers. We'll hear from some of them about how they prepare for some of the hottest races of the year that are coming up. We'll also preview the Quaker State 400 this weekend at Kentucky Speedway. Jimmy Johnson will be by to provide some commentary about that, along with Kyle Busch and a few other folks. Brad Keselowski's crew chief, Paul Wolf will also give us some insight on the challenges of this tricky mile-and-a-half racetrack. We've got a sneak peek of our new podcast called Jeff Gordon, The Colorful Career of the Rainbow Warrior, and a whole lot more. But to get us underway and to throw the green flag, we bring in Kim Kuhn, who's patiently standing by with this week's social news, Kim.
9: It was a patriotic weekend in Daytona Beach as America celebrated the 4th of July and NASCAR celebrated the last 4th of July race at Daytona. Drivers battled mother nature all weekend, starting with Friday night's Xfinity series race. After a lengthy rain delay, racing got underway and the action was worth the wait.
1: For the final time out of turn number four into the tri-oval, Ross Chastain leading the pack. Does anyone have anything for him? No, Alba, Florida's Ross Chastain wins in Daytona.
9: Ross Chastain did his signature watermelon smash after earning his first Xfinity Series win.
6: I did not throw up under the uh, red flag because I thought I'd thrown the race away. And then, man, you just, these guys give me a race car so fast and they, they just tell me to go race. There's no, no hold back, no. Everything is off the the table. We're allowed to do whatever we want. We work with
9: our teammates, all the ECR, the Chevys. Team Chevy had a really strong night. I think we had to have led about all the laps. Saturday night's cup race was also rain delayed and eventually pushed to Sunday where rain caught up with the field once again. A series of crashes took out a lot of names, with a big one happening just before the storm. Trouble
4: turn one. Austin Dillon gets turned. They are tearing it up in the middle of the pack. Boyer is head on into the wall. Joey Logano spins in with Martin Truex Jr. is in it. Kyle Bush gets nailed. Chase Elliott torn up down on the apron, a multi-car crash, 15 or more after Austin Dillon, the leader, gets turned midway between one and two.
9: That left Justin Haley with the lead, who had to wait an excruciating two hours for the race to be called official and earn the title race winner.
6: I don't know what to feel. It's, it's absolutely incredible um, to be given this opportunity to race on this level. It's taken a lot of uh, tears, blood, sweat, and tears to, to get to this point, and uh, a lot of faith put in me by a lot of awesome supporters, so this opportunity was given to me by the Fraternal Eagles and everyone at Spire Motorsports to come, and, and our strategy today is the small team, a new team, um, which is kind of right around the back, stay out of trouble, um, and obviously the looking at the forecast, Peter did a great job um, keeping us out. And uh, it's,
0: it's pretty cool.
9: Justin can't earn playoff points or a playoff spot since he isn't a Cup Series regular, but he still gets to say he's a Monster Energy NASCAR Cup Series winner. I'm Kim Kuhn. For more on what's trending in NASCAR, visit our social media pages at MRN Radio and check out our website, MRN.com.
1: Thank you, Kimmy. Coming up on NASCAR Live, we'll hear from Sunday's Coke Zero Sugar 400 winner Justin Haley and later country music singer Michael Ray will join the show. Coming up next, we'll hear from Daytona winner Justin Haley. This is NASCAR Live on the Motor Racing Network, the voice of NASCAR.
2: 2019 is the Motor Racing Network's 50th year, and things are about to get a lot louder. I'm Woody Kane. The NASCAR season is revving its engine, and MRN's two biggest loudspeakers are back when race spotter Joey Meyer and I bring you the latest news, results, and headlines every Monday on MRN Out Loud. Crank it up. Mondays on MRN.com,
4: iTunes, or wherever podcasts are heard. MRN's classic races.
1: Labonte gets crossed up. Labonte goes
7: around. Dale Earnhardt now watches Labonte spun across the line and got the win.
4: Spanning fifty years of NASCAR racing.
3: Army Hall. There's a beautiful afternoon here in Daytona Beach, and
4: the action will be fast and furious. Legendary voices, legendary races.
13: Daryl simply, what happened? I just hope he chokes on that two hundred thousand. That's all I can tell you.
4: MRN's him. classic races available on MRN.com, iTunes, and your favorite podcast provider. He did.
13: He did touch. No, he knocked the hell out of me.
3: like to congratulate Justin Haley and his number 77 Spire Motorsports pit crew for their win at Daytona International Speedway on Sunday. They are the Wheeland Trusted to Perform Pit Crew of the Week. Haley avoided the big crash with 40 to go. As the leaders pitted, Haley and his pit crew decided to stay out as weather loomed in the area. When rain moved in, NASCAR eventually made the call, and Justin Haley became a first-time winner in the Monster Energy NASCAR Cup Series. On the road, in the air, and around the world, Whelan is trusted to be seen, trusted to be heard, and trusted to perform. Now, back to your host, Mike Bagley.
1: Welcome back to NASCAR Live. It was one of the biggest surprises in NASCAR history over the weekend at Daytona when Justin Haley walked away with his first career Cup Series win Sunday in the Coke Zero Sugar 400. Justin called in earlier today and chatted with our Woody Kane about getting career win number one in the Cup Series.
2: Justin, what has it been like for you in these first several hours after your victory at Daytona? I imagine your phone kind of blew up, and you have been running from place to place to interview to interview ever since.
6: Yeah, it's definitely been uh, pretty unreal, and and it would be even more unreal if I wasn't staring at the trophy right now that's sitting (laughs) in front of me. So uh, it's been pretty hectic, and and, uh, obviously I've gotten hundreds and, and probably thousands of of messages over the the past few hours that i'm going to be catching up for uh for a while so uh it's pretty incredible to uh to kind of see it all happen
2: yeah that's a that's a good problem to have and i would really i wanted to ask you when are you xfinity guys going to stop ruining the cup series by coming up there and stealing all their thunder
6: that's, uh, I, I joked with one of the one of my PR guys and said, man, these these extended guys are ruining the cup races. <laughs> and we kind of chuckled about it. So always a good laugh.
2: Yeah. Tell me a little bit about the end of that race, because we had the big crash, and uh, we know there is some weather in the area, but you guys chose to stay out, Peter Suspenzo, your crew chief, when Kurt Busch and Landon Castle decided to come to pit Road. Tell me about that whole process where you guys wound up staying out.
6: Well, we were – we were gonna come. We were uh, we were short on fuel to make it to the end. So we were gonna restart at the back of the pack and just come and get fuel with one to go, no matter what, they, because that gives us basically another lap of fuel uh, instead of pitting. You know, when the when the pit window would, or pit road opened, so mm-hmm. we were gonna come down later. And and the Hendrick guys peeled off as soon as pit road opened. and There was a good amount of people that came down then, uh, like Newman and and. Uh, Jimmy and, and William Byron, they all pulled off. And uh, the three of us stayed out. And I kept seeing multiple lightning strikes uh, driving down the back stretch. There was a storm right off uh, of turn three and four. and mm-hmm. I kept seeing lightning strikes. And I'm like, man, if I can see a lightning strike from inside the car, <laughs> then I'm pretty sure, like, it's in range. Yeah. So I'm like, we're talking back and forth on the radio. And I'm like, guys, like, we don't have anything to lose. Like, I'm not running for points. This is a new team. Like, like, what do we really have to lose here, right? Like, yeah. we have to pit under green and, and you know, finish a few laps down. But it, I, I didn't care at that point, you know. You're, you're rolling the dice for a Cup Series win.
2: We had heard the words lightning hold way too much already that weekend.
6: Yeah, yeah, and and especially with the rain that, that's been going on the past few weeks, even in NASCAR, and I was like, you know, they pulled off, and I was really surprised to see him pull off. And, and I, I came out of turn two, and, and we were getting ready. I was I was ready to restart the front of a cut field, and the caution came back out, and they're like, we're going to red flag it and bring you down pit road. And the rest is history from there.
2: Yeah, it was just it was kind of kind nerve-wracking watching you pacing around, waiting for the call. And at one point, you guys had gotten back into the car and started to strap in and getting ready to go again, and then another round of waiting until they called it. I imagine that had to be making your stomach do flip-flops.
6: Yeah, they pull you out of the car at first, and – and I go to the media center and, and do an interview. I'm like, yeah, you know, I, I really need it to rain. Like, this lightning's great, but <laughs> I need it to rain. I feel like if it rains and, and the race had already been delayed a, a full day and we're under, you know, a good amount of of weather here in the area, and I was like, man, I need it to rain. So the the 30-minute lightning clock as they're calling it now Mm -hmm. uh it expired and and we were all getting back in our cars and i was like dang it's over like (laughs) you know we're after gonna race for it and uh like as soon as we were getting ready to fire the cars back up uh, a big lightning bolt i guess hit off of turn four and they made us get back all out and and, uh it's just crazy it's crazy
2: (laughs) hey sometimes you'll take a little crazy at this stage right
6: yeah yeah (laughs) i mean it was was such an up and down day and everyone was asking me they're like "Well, well how do you feel like what, emotions, I'm like, well, I can't control what the weather's going to do. Like, if we race, mm-hmm. we race. If it rains out, it rains out. Like, that's not my decision. So, the whole time, I, I was just – I felt basically helpless because there was nothing I could do but just wait.
2: Yeah, man, that's the worst when it's completely and utterly out of your control. At least when you got a steering wheel in your hands and you're on the track, you can do something – but in that situation, completely nothing. It's, uh, I know that had to be nerve-wracking for sure. wanted to ask you as well something that jumped out at me that you said after the race that I found really interesting was how difficult you found it to drive the cars at Daytona. Because I think there's a perception out there that you guys just jump in the car, hold it to the floor, and ride around, and that's that. But, man, it's not like that at all, is it?
6: No, the, the Xfinity race was super easy compared to the Cup cars. and And I'm not sure why that is. Um, obviously the Xfinity race was at night. So cooler temperatures track had more grip. And then obviously the Daytona cup race w- was so hot. And and you would think with a ten-inch spoiler on the back end things, they'd be stuck pretty good, but they're, they're out of control. I'm telling you a good amount of us. I feel like we're having to let out of the gas just to keep the cars, you know, planted and, and not coming out from under me. So there was a few times where I had a pucker factor. I was like, man, we're going to, I'm going to wreck by myself here. Cause this is, this is so out of control. So, yeah, yeah, it was definitely a handful.
2: You mentioned uh, the Xfinity race, and, of course, that was a 1-2-3 finish for Colleg Racing. That's your regular job, your full-time deal. You're running – for points in the Xfinity series and that was just a, the biggest night the organization has ever had even though uh, AJ Allmendinger wound up uh, having a, a, an issue in post-race technical inspection but that situation uh, compared to what you're working with Spire Motorsports is a little bit similar but tell me about the Xfinity side with Colleague Racing because that's a, a building organization as well and you guys are slowly but surely steadily starting to pile up some numbers and stats and you're eighth in the standings right now and with a I think a dozen top top Ten finishes.
6: Yeah, it's been uh, it's been incredible to go over to College Racing and and, and kind of help build their program. They've been in existence for for their fourth year now, and we I've already I we at College Racing already have the record for most top tens ever in a single season for them. So mm. uh, obviously going to Daytona, building three fast Chevrolets, uh, had great ECR engines, RCR chassis, um, and, and coming home one two three across the start finish line is pretty cool for all of us. So. Like I said, it's a small team at, at College Racing. We have 20-something employees. So to go out there and, and kind of make the statement that we did, um, it's pretty incredible for, for every single person that, that works over there.
2: Since all this has happened, uh, the Xfinity race and the Cup race, you've seen a lot of people go, oh, well, well, Justin inspired. they didn't deserve that. And then Colleague, why didn't you pull out and try and make a move to to go for the win around Ross Chastain there? Have, have you been kind of taken aback? Because I know I have, it just the – the I'll just say it the meanness that you see in social media these days because sometimes it just gets wow out of control
6: yeah I don't know I mean it's probably the most successful weekend of my racing career I've got more critics than uh than I know what to do with at this (laughs) point so I don't know what else they want out of me um you know I finished uh career best second in the extended race and I like I said I probably could have wrecked Ross for the win or or moved him or, or put him in the wall or whatnot but um at the end of the day like I said college racing um we're kind of one team over there and and everyone works together so um it's not like I you know had a good run in the Xfinity race like there was no one behind me AJ was behind me but I needed another lap to make make something really happen because Mm -hmm. I know uh Christopher Bell and a Toyota wasn't going to help me um he's kind of all by himself so and then the cup race I mean like we we go out and win it and man, we just uh, get hated on. So yeah. at the end of the day, we still strategized uh, Chip Ganassi and Hendrick Motorsports. So um, I don't know what they're complaining about. Uh,
2: I saw where Daniel Hemrick had tweeted something at you after the victory and uh, said you guys had had a chat the night before the race where you were talking about the frustrations and challenges of this sport. And uh, you kind of sounded like that really helped you a little bit. Tell tell folks about how that came down and what happened.
6: Yeah, the Hemricks have always been uh, pretty close to, to me and my family and, and uh, I'm actually looking for a new motorhome right now. So I, he's got a, a pretty nice one. So I went over there to look at it, and we got to chat, and uh, we were just talking racing. You know, I think I feel like we're both in pretty similar situations where we've been given really good opportunities to to compete at, at a you know prime level in the sport, and and uh, I, I just feel like our stories are pretty similar. So we've always had a a pretty good relationship, and and talking back and forth um through our difficulties obviously it's a pretty tough sport you know you lose a lot more than you win yeah um i mean there's there's 40 competitors out there it's not like a a football game where you either win or lose every week so a lot of losses in racing and and uh you got to keep your faith behind you and, and it makes the wins all that much better
2: yeah, it definitely does uh, as we as we move toward Kentucky and get ready to, to head in that direction. Looking forward to seeing you guys run out there and put on a good show, and we'll catch up with you out at Kentucky Speedway, man. We really appreciate your time, and congratulations. Sweet. Thank you.
1: That was Justin Haley and our Woody Kane, another first-time winner in the 2019 season. Coming up on NASCAR Live, we'll hear from country music singer Michael Ray, and later we go face-to-face with Eric Jones. This is one of the greatest days of racing. A picturesque
13: setting for a racetrack. One of the best that we go to throughout the course of the year. You know when you come here, you're probably going to see things happen that you will not see any place else. Oh
2: Campgrounds are full, the fans are filing into their seats, and we are just about ready to get things going.
13: Awesome to be here. This place is sold out once again this year. It's going to be an exciting one here
2: today. Plan your weekend at a Monster Energy NASCAR Cup Series race today by visiting nascar.com slash tickets.
4: Hey guys, it's the Joy. Join me and my friends, Lauren Fox and Daryl Mott, on the Sunday Money Podcast. We talk racing. What happened in California? Like, because uh, you know, like. yeah, they all sat in a pit road waiting for one guy to be the sacrificial lamb, and none, of, nobody wanted to do it. And just life. Did you fall in love on TV?
9: No, definitely not. I could not.
4: Plus, you never know who might stop by. Young Ryan Blaine is here with something in his hand. I brought
12: you our script because you guys are like our show. So it's
4: Sunday Money on MRN.com, iTunes, Spotify, or wherever else you listen to podcasts. <laughs>
1: Country music singer Michael Ray joins us next. This is NASCAR Live on the Motor Racing Network, the voice of NASCAR.
4: Hey, guys. It's Dylan Welch. He's Tyler Burnett. We're the co-hosts of the Rip the Fence podcast. If you like traditional non-wing dirt track racing, we've got the podcast for you.
8: Shane Meal trying to drive away. I can't do everything, but I could do anything and everything i wanted before i got injured so just like many of the great podcasts going we invite racers in to talk and they tell us their life story and it's how i feel that matters it's the rip the
4: fence podcast available on mrn.com and your favorite podcast app
7: nascar coast to coast on mrn.com and motor racing network's facebook Join me, Kyle Rickey, and Hannah Newhouse as we talk with the next generation of NASCAR stars and established local and regional racers each Wednesday at one Eastern time. Or subscribe, download, and listen on your favorite podcast provider. NASCAR Coast to Coast, grassroots NASCAR racing from the Motor Racing Network.
3: Is NASCAR live? She's
7: like a little list. I wanna kiss you on the dance floor. Kiss you like a lift go come on, baby. Let me hear you say oh, that's all right. That's okay. She's gonna be one hell of a one that got away. That's all
1: right, matter, but hey, she's gonna be one hell of a one that got away. Now, back to Mike Bagley. Yeah. Thanks for joining us on this week's NASCAR Live. That's some of the biggest hits. From Michael Ray, he performed for the fans over the weekend at Daytona. MRN's Kurt Becker had a chance to talk with him about his music and his passion for NASCAR.
13: Michael, Central Florida native from Eustis, not too far from where we are here this weekend in Daytona Beach. How does it feel to come home and give a concert at this Speedway? Feels awesome, man. It feels, uh, you know, being able to be here, be a part of Daytona,
14: uh, it's it's a, it's a it's a dream come true. Honestly, it's a bucket list check off for me. Like I said earlier, it's a uh, place I've been going to since I was a kid, and, and been uh, been able to make a lot of great memories at this track. And uh, to be a, to be a part of something that I've watched other people be a part of. man, I hope to be there one day.
13: As a performer, do you get butterflies before you perform? And particularly with performing in front of what is essentially a hometown crowd. <laughs>
14: yeah, um, I think I'm just excited, man. It's been something I've been truly looking forward to for a long time. So, We, uh, we do quite a few shows a year, so I think the butterflies kind of go away. Sometimes they come when you play the Opry, and, and I'm sure before we step on today, you know they, they're probably going to show up and hit a little bit uh, just before we go on, but I think the excitement and just the, the,
13: the magnitude of where we're at is going to drown out all the butterflies. You mentioned the Grand Ole Opry. You have performed there. Is it a comparable situation from industry to industry? Could one compare the Grand Ole Opry in Country Western with what we do here at Daytona in this game?
14: Yeah, I think, you know, I, I view any place that holds a legacy. Um, I kind of just I, I show up in the respect of the legacy that it is. Uh, just like I do the Grand Ole Opry. And I think that NASCAR and country music goes hand in hand. That's why the fans of NASCAR fans of country music, that's why well country artists, uh, you know, wish we could be NASCAR drivers, and the NASCAR drivers won't be country artists. You know, it's, it's that, that tall tale of athletes want to be singers, and singers want to be athletes, you know. So, um, I, but, yeah, I think I think you can say, because I, I love the fact that, that NASCAR in a whole, but it's, you know, especially Daytona, um, it, it's grown because it has to, just like the Opry has grown because it has to, and it's expanded. But it keeps the the traditional value of of what it started on, and, and I believe that the men that that built this track and the, and the and the people that the racers that that blood sweat and tears and the team members and the the lose the, the second down to the millisecond losses and the winners and all that stuff you feel that energy when you're in here just like you feel that energy of the men and women that paved the way for country music when you step on that circle, and so I think they are right hand in hand. You know I think you have anything that leaves that has a legacy like Daytona, the track, you know, and then the, the opera and the circle. Uh, you, when you step in, you, you just know that you're a part of. something. I'm bigger than you, and, and and I think you hold yourself a little different.
13: As a child growing up, were you a NASCAR fan? Did you come to Daytona as a kid? Oh yeah, yeah. My dad, so my grandpa, my dad's dad was who introduced me to country music, and
14: my mom's dad was a NASCAR fanatic. Uh, I mean, like he would pass our trailer on, So where you he lived in Tallahassee? So when you come down, you take uh, 44, I believe it is. Uh, you pass right by the trailer we lived in. He would pass it, come to Daytona. And just hit us up on the way back. He was like, y'all want to see me? That's where we're at. And, and he took it so serious that I didn't go to my first race. I was about 10, fifth grade, somewhere around there. Because, I mean, he was, if, if he could have been a NASCAR driver, he, he would have been he would have been one. Uh, he was just that that passionate about it. And so he wanted you to make sure that, he wanted to know that you knew what you were watching. Like you're at Daytona. You know, so second, he thought that you were old enough to like really take in the fact that Hey, you're in, you know, you're a part of something, you know, be here, be a fan, get ready. And he had the, I mean, the headphones, everything. And, and, uh, and so, yeah, I started going about fifth grade and, you know, try to come every summer, missed a couple here and there. And then once I got in high school, uh, you know, we rarely missed a, a a 400 especially. And, uh, and, you know, it's one of the bad things, bittersweet things about being on the road is you don't get to go back and do a lot of the stuff that you
13: did a lot growing up. So it's just good to be back and be a part of it. You touched on learning a love of of NASCAR from family. I know that can often be the case, when one learns his appreciation for music. How influential was your family on the music front? Oh,
14: huge! I mean, my my album is named Amos after my grandfather, and uh, yeah, my you know they had a band called the Country Cousins in Central Florida, and uh, my dad, my uncle, my two or three of my cousins, and my grandfather, and uh, they toured all over Central Florida, and and uh, then when I you know, about eight, nine years old, my, my family my mom and dad got divorced and, and I started my grandfather was teaching me guitar chords and my dad would teach me some and then my uncle and, you know people would just continue to teach me and I started playing every weekend with my grandfather and his bands that he was in and, and that where I get you know got bit by the bug was you know every every Thursday night, Friday night, Saturday and twice on Sunday we were playing somewhere from 10, 10 years old till I got to where I started playing bars
13: and felt like I wanted to take the same towards Nashville. So you spend a lot of time on the road. I know sometimes folks look at that type of career and they say, I wish I had a career like that. Are there challenges to that much time spent away from home?
14: Yeah, totally. I think in anything you do, if you're a business salesperson, if you're somebody that travels, you just know the. How hard it is that we might be on the road a little bit more than anybody else, but it doesn't take away that, you know, everybody, if you travel, you understand how hard that it is. And, and I feel like in a lot of ways we have it easier, you know, because I do have a tour bus and, and it is like having a second home. But, uh, you know, but I'm getting married in a few months and, and, uh, and, you know, my fiance is Carly Pearson, so she's on the, she's on the road just as much as I am. So that, that makes it difficult. There's a lot of flying on the days off and meeting somebody here and where you're at this weekend and trying to meet some, meet, meet each other when we can. But man, I just feel very blessed to be able to do what I, what you know my family helped me do and what my friends helped me do and what I strive so hard to uh to to achieve and and so on the days where it does get tired I just remind myself two things we're actually doing it and we're not in the van anymore we're in a van for eight years so so anytime you start getting a little tired you go we're not in the van anymore so it could be a whole lot worse but
13: you had a top 10 hit and one that got away when you come here to perform at Daytona and you get up on stage and you start singing these songs that are out there in front of the public and that the public knows and you hear them singing those lyrics back to you. What goes through your mind? Man, it's
14: incredible. You know, one uh, that got away was, uh, was actually my, th- my third number one on, on in country radio and just that in, in general just kind of blows my mind. And whenever you can go somewhere, especially when you get to come home, and you see the connection and you see that everybody's they're singing word for word which means they just haven't listened to your songs they've made it a part of their life they made it a part of their drive you know in the mornings their their date night their night with their boys and night with their girls they're dropping their kids off at school whatever it is they've they've made a, a conscious effort to make your music a part of that that moment of their life and enough that where they want to come and pay money to see you sing and sing it with you and make a memory that you know they can last a lifetime and So it's awesome, man. It's just, it's one of those things that truly does never get old. And and when you are tired on the road or, or maybe you're, you know, a studio and you're working and you're here and you're there and you're missing home and you haven't seen your, you know, wife in three weeks and you're just going all this stuff, that moment makes a lot, all that, uh, you know, worth it, honestly. It makes it, it makes it all go, okay, we're on the right track.
1: That's country music superstar Michael Ray and Kurt Becker as they spoke over the weekend at the World Center of Racing. Coming up on NASCAR Live, we'll have this week's face to face interview with Eric Jones and later.
11: I thought so. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more.
10: The
2: essence of racing
7: and fill up with the official fuel of NASCAR, Sonoka. You hear it every week.
2: I just want to thank the whole team and uh, all our guys back in Denver. Everybody supports this team.
7: They're the unsung heroes of NASCAR and their life is the pit. This is Rocco Williams. And for 10 years, I've jacked up some of the biggest names in auto racing. And now I'm jacked to bring it all down to street level and acquaint you with the guys behind the wall and back at the shop. Join me on MRN Crew Call presented by Money Lions every Wednesday on MRN.com, iTunes, or wherever podcasts are found.
1: Joe Gibbs Racing's Eric Jones is next. This is NASCAR Live on the Motor Racing Network, the voice of NASCAR.
4: Winged Nation, your go-to for winged sprint car talk, news and information. Find all the episodes of Winged Nation on your favorite podcast platforms. Steve Post, Ashley Stremme, and Aaron Evernham. Go in-depth with the race winners and personalities from dirt tracks all across America. Like, like Winged Nation on Facebook. Follow Winged Nation on Twitter. You'll get stories and information and live broadcasts of Winged Nation shows from some of the top dirt tracks in the nation. Winged Nation, your home for winged sprint cars
7: looking towards the weekend? are Thursdays a drag? Hours Two. Get your weekly dose of nitro-fueled NHRA talk every Thursday on The Straight Line, presented by O'Reilly Auto Parts. This is Ralph Shaheen. Join Doug Herbert and myself as we talk with the biggest names, both past and present, to ever stomp down on the loud pedal. Top fuel, funny car, pro stock, motorcycles, you name it, we talk about it. Don't miss The Straight Line, Thursdays on MRN.com, iTunes, or wherever your favorite podcasts are heard.
3: Racing Network presents building toward the playoffs presented by Procore Clint Boyer and his Stuart Haas racing team started the 2019 season off strong but recent poor finishes have Boyer concerned about making the playoffs
5: you know I'd be lying if I wouldn't you know, tell you that I wasn't concerned but you know you look back to the way we were running in April and May you know what I mean I mean we were knocking on the door I, I look back at Richmond man I should have <laughs> How'd I if I'd have known then what I know now, I'd have moved Truex out of the way and won that race by a straight away like I, I probably should have done. But I'm telling you in the moment right there, the way we were running, I wasn't worried about it. If we didn't win that night, we were gonna win the next night. I mean, we were running really, really well and that win was coming. But that's racing, man. I'm telling you, you can go from the highest to highs to the lowest to lows pretty damn fast. And we did that and proved that from May to You know, we hit June, and we went from, what, 7th or 8th in points to 16th or something, but that's we're not a 16th-place team, and I know that. Whether you're a
3: GC, a specialty contractor, or an owner, ProCore's construction management software is built to help your team stay on budget, on schedule, and in control. No matter what you're building, ProCore can help you finish ahead of the competition.
1: We continue along on this week's NASCAR Live. We're so glad you're with us. And now that we're halfway through the 2019 season, Still many drivers still looking for that first win of the season. One of those drivers includes Eric Jones. Kim Kuhn, talked with him about the pressure in this week's NASCAR Live face-to-face interview.
13: Eric Jones opens up by a couple of car lengths. Here comes Martin Truex Jr. Jones throws the block, headed off turn
15: four. You've had some really good finishes as of recently, top 10 in three of the last four races, but your team in 2019 still winless. What do you feel like has kept you and the team from victory lane
10: just execution you know so many races where we had cars that were probably capable of winning and and didn't necessarily execute the way we needed to through the weekend or in the race or making mistakes Um, so a lot of things that we just had to clean up and i feel like the last two weeks have been they're very clean weekends for the most part not too exciting on any fronts which is fine for us we've definitely had some exciting ones so it's uh, you know, it's been good. We need to keep that going, and as long as you're going to have those clean weekends, the speed uh, is there, and we need to capitalize on it. and Just keep that execution going. As long as nothing goes, you know, crazy wrong for us, I feel like um, there's some really good race tracks coming up. We have an advantage to take, um, take hold of, and, and try to get a win. So we'll we'll see how it goes. But I'm, there's a lot I'm looking forward to.
15: Because your three teammates have already visited victory lane this season, do you feel like there's a sense of urgency for the 20 team?
10: I would say um, not yet. You know, I mean, we, we know we should win and need to win. Um, I wouldn't say the urgency is there. You know, I, I know that uh, we all feel like I think as a group we have fast enough cars to do it and we're capable of doing it. We just need to go out and, and make it work. And, uh, you know, we've we've had times this year where I felt like we've had good enough cars to win and, and, and made mistakes, but um, I wouldn't say the urgency is setting yet.
15: When will it set? <laughs> um... <laughs>
10: when the playoffs start i would say probably right around there
15: a couple of months ago you were adamant in a statement saying you're not concerned about contract extensions or what's going to happen in the future now that that's a few months behind us where are you kind of in your mindset and are you worried that kind of feeling
10: no not yet i mean i've i've had good talks with uh with everybody at jgr with with the people on my end um you know, dealing with all that and, and I think things are in a good spot to uh, to move forward and, and be done with it here hopefully soon I'd, I'd sure love to just you know get it over with mm-hmm. and be done but uh, I think both sides expect to be back I want to stay at JGr I don't have any um, any anywhere else to go any eye on anything mm-hmm. you know so um, want to continue that relationship it's been a good one for me and and uh, hopefully I have something here done soon.
15: You and I, it's been a while since we've talked one-on-one, and the last time we talked, because it's been a while, you were training Oscar, your dog. Where is he now in terms of, is he a go boy? What kind of new tricks has he learned?
10: Yeah, he's good. He, um, you know, we actually had him out on the lake yesterday, and he was on the boat and behaving well, and he loves to swim now. He's, he swims anywhere, in the pool, mm-hmm. in the lake, wherever. Uh, but he's good. He's, he's actually gotten, he's two now, so he's gotten really people smart and um, really knows how to handle people and deal with them, loves people. Um, Other dogs, most other dogs he likes, but, uh, yeah, he's been a really good dog.
15: Are you a strict dog owner, or are you a little bit lenient, let him get away with stuff?
10: I think I'm strict, but then my mom hangs out with me, and she she (laughs) thinks I'm really lenient, so I I guess I'm probably a pretty lenient dog Or I kind of, unless he does something really bad, I let him do his own thing.
15: Kentucky's coming up. What are you looking forward to out of Kentucky? I know it's a racetrack that you say you're confident in. Why?
10: you know i've always just felt comfortable there um before and after now the repave and and it's been a place i like to go and just feel like jgr brings good cars there and and we've ran well there so um i don't know just i've always felt comfortable there and feel like we have an opportunity to win there and run really well there every time we go i feel like even with the new package we'll we'll unload really fast and i think it'll kind of play into our favorite at jgr with The focus we put on handling, and and that's going to be a handling track with the way 3 and 4 is laid out. So it just makes me feel pretty confident about it.
1: That's Eric Jones with this week's NASCAR Live face-to-face interview. Coming up, drivers talk about staying cool in the race car during these hot...
10: 15
11: minutes could save you 15% or more.
9: Is that Shakespeare?
11: Nope, it's Geico. Uh,
9: Yeah, 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 that's Shakespeare from one of his unpublished works. Oh, it be not for awakening. Nay, giveth thou the berries. For 15 minutes
3: could save you 15% or more.
11: Nope, it's from Geico cuz they help save people money.
9: Well, I hate to break it to you, but Geico got it from Shakespeare.
11: Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Schedule
3: and in control. To learn more visit procore.com. The 1993 Cup Series season had more than its fair share of twists and turns. Checker flags waving. I look in my mirror and here's Earnhardt right on my tail. And he goes down low to pass me. And I said, oh, no, you don't.
2: As Wallace spins, Wallace's car goes on its
3: nose. Here's stories that you've never heard before in a 10-part series called the 1993 season. And Davey was behind me and we came off the corner and there's a guy standing in the middle of the racetrack. You can download it for free on iTunes and at MRN.com right now.
1: How do drivers beat the heat? We'll find out next. This is NASCAR Live on the Motor Racing Network, the voice of NASCAR. Hi folks, Mike Bagley here. At MRN, we rely on equipment from Racing Electronics.
0: Shall we look down
13: Right
1: Racing Electronics' has scanners and headphones, we can listen to every uncensored conversation between driver and crew. You to
3: yourself, baby? Yeah!
1: And when we need live audio, in-car cameras and up-to-the-second statistics, use their latest handheld unit called Legend. To learn more about these products and many others, visit racingelectronics.com. Racing Electronics, the official two-way communication partner of MRN. When you're on the go, missing the side-by-side action at the racetrack isn't a problem. Here comes Logano on the high
12: side. He drives it deep into turn number two.
1: Motor Racing Network brings the NASCAR race to you, wherever you are, so you don't miss one lap of the excitement.
12: Denny Hamlin has won the 61st edition of the Daytona 500.
1: You are the man, the eight. The power of radio to the imagination of the listener. Tune in to the Motor Racing Network. Visit MRN.com for an affiliate list in your local area.
3: This is NASCAR Live. Now, back to Mike Bagley.
1: Thanks for tuning us in on this week's NASCAR Live. We're so glad you joined us. And now that summer's here, heat is a weekly factor for the drivers that strap into these cars and trucks. How do they stay cool? Here's what some of them said. Michael McDowell makes it look easy, slides by, picks up the lead here coming back. Yeah, mentally
6: I think it's probably the biggest thing. I mean there's no way around it. It's hot and you just gotta be tough and you just can't think about it at times when it's really hot. The physical side of it, um, you just have to stay hydrated and it's not something that you can do the day of it's something that you got to have a plan and you got to be prepared and so um, you know everybody's trained everybody does different things um, but the best training is in the car and so year after year it's not that it gets easier but you get used to the mental game of you know what it's going to be like and you know how hard it's going to be and you just kind of fight through it um, but you remember the times where you didn't prepare well from a hydration standpoint and those ones kick your butt and so you just have to be really diligent about your hydration and, and what you do leading up to it.
10: Roy and Priest back across the stripe. I don't know. I mean, just drink a lot of water. That's really all you can do. And with those right-side windows, it does get extremely hot in there, and if you do knock a crush panel out, it can <clears throat> it can be you know, a long day. So, But at the end of the day, that's our job, right? That's why we do this. That's why we get, you know, that's that's why we're one of the 36 drivers that are able to do this so
8: I mean all I can honestly say is drink a lot of water
12: Denny Hamlin's trying to block
1: all lanes she's to the out
8: oh wow um, the hottest I can remember probably was California gosh I don't know how many years ago that was but I think everyone did when their faces melted off on pit road during qualifying I think it was like 110 or 12 or something that day it was just so so hot it was crazy uh, but that uh that was one of the that was one of the hottest and then really for me personally the humidity bothers me more than the actual temperature uh, i remember charlotte just a couple years ago that was the hottest that was probably the hottest i've ever been in the car simply because i lost the most fluids during that moment um it wasn't about the heat itself it was the sweating out everything and i had nothing left so um that that definitely is the top of the list
1: three wide up the outside here comes eric jones
8: yeah i mean it's it's a tough stretch you
10: know i mean hydration's huge obviously and i feel like i've always done a good job with that but um you know just staying on it staying on your your gym schedule not slacking especially this time of year um you know a couple two three days a week as much as you can um, for me, that's the biggest thing and then just like I said hydration. It's always been key for me I feel like as long as I've always been hydrated well for a race uh, I feel pretty good after and, and pretty good during it as well. So just sticking to the game plan, you know not changing anything and and, um, and It's a mental game as well, you know being mentally prepared for these long These are some long races in the summer we have and, and with as hot as it's gonna be as, as it's already been this year It's been tough two years ago. We, had, we lost a, a our cool box our air conditioning unit air conditioning um and it was that was the hottest i've ever been in a race car but i've been fortunate i I haven't had a race where i feel like i wasn't gonna make it um i hope that doesn't ever happen but it's definitely seems like the midwestern races we have here in the summer you know coming back here in august uh, are going to be hot ones for sure there's no
1: question that these drivers endure some excessive heat week in and week out in these race cars and will certainly again this weekend at kentucky Coming up, we'll preview this weekend's race, and later, Brad Keselowski's crew chief, Paul Wolf, will tell us how to set up a winning car at Kentucky Speedway.
0: Welcome back to Sports View. Today's topic, game changers. Makes me think of Progressive's home quote explorer. Finally, a simple, efficient way to quote home insurance. Let's go to Colin, who will now try to say something. Okay, first of all,
1: are you kidding? Never in my life. Okay, when you see stuff like this,
2: look, I'm not the only one who thinks this, although everybody says I am.
0: Well said, Colin. Well well said.
3: Get right to the point with Home Quote Explorer. It's a game changer. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company, affiliates and other insurers.
1: We'll preview this weekend's Quaker State 400 next. This is NASCAR Live on the Motor Racing Network, the voice of NASCAR.
3: Here's your chance to win a set of your very own Hercules tires. Go to HerculesTires.com MRN. Simply register and each month we'll give away one set of tires. Hercules Tires has the value selection and industry leading mileage coverage to get you wherever you need to go no matter where the road takes you. Register now for your chance to win a set of Hercules tires at HerculesTires.com slash MRN. Hercules Tires. Ride on our street.
4: Winged Nation, your go-to for Winged Sprint Car Talk news and information. Find all the episodes of Wing Nation on your favorite podcast platforms. Steve Post, Ashley Strammey, and Aaron Evernham Go in-depth with the race winners and personalities from dirt tracks all across America. What? Like Winged Nation on Facebook. Follow Wing Nation on Twitter. You'll get stories and information and live broadcasts of Wing Nation shows from some of the top dirt tracks in the nation. Winged Nation, your home for Winged Sprint Cars.
3: This is NASCAR Live. Now, back to Mike Bagley.
1: Welcome back to NASCAR Live. This weekend is race 19 of the 2019 Monster Energy NASCAR Cup Series season. And for a preview, here's the host of NASCAR Today Midday, Kyle Ricky. Mike,
7: this weekend, the Monster Energy NASCAR Cup Series moves on to the bluegrass state of Kentucky for the Quaker State 400. For Jimmy Johnson, Kentucky Speedway hasn't been his best track. But the new arrow package has him thinking this could be a good weekend
8: for not only him, but the entire Hendrick organization. I'm really optimistic for Kentucky. I think- the uh, more handling-style mile-and-a-half tracks where we need max downforce in the 550 package, the Hendrick car has been really strong. I think we've been been off a little bit when we go to Michigan, and it's you know the 550 package, but you trim it out and how far we trim and maybe the efficiency of our car and, and the way we trim it, the Chevrolets. Um, but I feel like max downforce, these handling tracks, which Kentucky will be one, we've, we've been really good, and clearly uh, Alex got that one last weekend. So I'm excited about it. And it's always been a tough track for me. I go back to uh, my early years of, of uh, testing cup cars there before we ever had a cup track. I tore up a lot of equipment on that track. I mean, I, I've hit the wall in turn three so many times. Uh, so I just, it's not been a track that's fit me well. Um, I do enjoy the challenges of the track. One and two is so different than three and four. We've had different surfaces and bumps and all kinds of things. So I enjoy the challenge. I've just, I've just not been that great there.
7: Teams will not be able to rely on old notes this weekend at Kentucky. The aero package will force teams to do a lot of guessing. Stuart Haas Racing's Daniel Suarez says it's going to be anybody's game. All the notes and everything I have from the past is with a different package. So this is a completely different game.
6: Uh, you know, you still go back and read those things, but, you know, having less horsepower and a different uh, aero package, is, it really changed a lot, but, uh, but it always helps a little bit to know the bombs you know, where you're gonna be free or lose and stuff like that like the basic things they're always the same but the kind of racing is gonna be
7: a whole different game two-time kentucky winner kyle bush says the track has had a few changes over the years and as a result he's lost a little bit to the competition kentucky
8: though when we first started going there i remember going there in the uh, the arca days and the xfinity days and back when the asphalt was old and rough and bumpy and um, then they grounded a couple times, and it kind of changed a little bit. I kept up with the changes, and then now it's all repaved and it's all new. And I feel like I've kind of lost the dance floor a little bit, you know. So we've got to get back on our on our horse and ride a little bit better. But we've um, I think we've still run in the top four there the last couple years. The
7: Quaker State 400 will be Saturday night at 7:30 p.m. Eastern time. Our friends at the Performance Racing Network will have all the action.
1: Mike. Thanks, Kyle. Brad Keselowski has three Kentucky Cup wins under his belt. MRN's Woody Kane. talked to his crew chief, Paul Wolf, about the challenges of setting up a car for that mile-and-a-half racetrack.
5: Yeah, it'll be an interesting one for sure. Kentucky is always a challenging track for us because um, of the unique layout of it with the the loading being different from one end to the other and, and trying to you know, kind of coming up with compromises really um, it's hard to get the car very good on both ends. So, um, you know, now Brad's – it's been a very good track for Brad, and he seems to adapt well to that. But uh, this year will be all new for us with the uh, new rules this year and the, the high downforce and, and drag and low power. So um, I feel like it will be another step of compromise because we've gone to a lot of different mile and a halfs this year, and, and the goal with this, with these rules and this low power is to – to be able to run wide open and stay wide open uh, for speed so we find ourselves each week um, deciding on how much we want to trim the car out versus how much downforce we want that, that's kind of different than what we've done in the past so now you talk about Kentucky being one of the flattest mile and a half we've been to um, in turn three I think it'll be interesting to see um, the different setups and what guys do and if, if they're really going to trim the cars out to be fast you know in, in one and two or it or putting that down force in it to be able to run more wide open in three and four because that there's no way you'll be able to trim your car out and still run wide open through three and four it's just too flat of a corner there's not enough loading and grip to do that so um, we'll have to see um, wh- where we fall on that I think um, some of that lends to you know the driver and their style and and where they're going to be able to make speed, but um, it'll be uh, it'll be interesting. Does anything still apply to your old notes, or did you basically have to take a match to those pretty much, and you're starting fresh everywhere you go? It's pretty much fresh everywhere we go. Um, it's more based off from we'll pick a track that's most similar. Um, you know when we go to uh, Texas earlier in the year, that's kind of that same style track. Now more banking overall, uh, both ends, but it's unique with the the two ends being different um and it's a you know texas being a a fairly uh, new repave um, the grip levels and things like that in the track and the tire i would say are similar to kentucky so we'll look more at that probably than what we've done in the past it's it's really everywhere we've been this year you can't go off from off the past it's that much different
2: strategy wise with this new package does that present different challenges for you from trying to call a race at kentucky or anywhere else for that matter
5: yeah absolutely it's been a lot different this year i think um to the point with all the downforce uh, on the cars and um not a lot of speed variation from the start of a run to the end of the run um you see a lot more um you know trying to keep that track position whether that's doing few only or two tires and I think that will come into play at at Kentucky for sure Uh, it has with the old car so I expect that to be more so um, as we go there next week.
2: From the eyeball test it seems like this package so far has favored a mile and a half track with a little
5: cooler temperatures at night do you see that as well and do you think that applies to Kentucky? Yeah it helps Um, the, the the cooler it is the more grip and that's where we see that more on throttle time and being able to really use the draft and, and things like that. Um, you know, I, when we, we start to lose grip and guys are out of the throttle, then the whole draft thing really it doesn't work. So, um, the cooler temps, hopefully, uh, we see, obviously Kentucky can be very hot as well, though, uh, in the middle of summer, we've been there pretty hot, but, uh, once the sun goes down, that definitely helps the track temp comes down and, and the tires start to grip up. So, um, I think it, uh, it could be a big question mark. Um, you'll see. I think you could see uh, some different strategies and and different um, thoughts and ideas of how you set
1: your car up there. All right, Paul. Appreciate your time and good luck at Kentucky. Absolutely, thank you. That's Brad Keselowski's crew chief, Paul Wolf. Still to come on NASCAR Live, we'll preview the first episode of a new podcast series about Jeff Gordon, and later we'll take you back in time with this week in NASCAR history.
7: G'day, America. It's the moment you've all been
4: waiting for. That's right. Outback Delivery is here. Now you can enjoy all your Outback favourites anywhere. Our signature centre-cut sirloin at home. It's here. Or game-day party platters with cookaburra wings that'll have both teams cheering. It's here. Or steak and lobster for a date night at home. It's here. Head over to Outback.com and place your orders because Outback Delivery is here. Outback Steakhouse. Aussie rules. Delivery availability varies. Delivery charge may apply. Freightliner, innovation is at their core. In fact, Freightliner was created nearly 80 years ago out of a need for something new and trucky. Today, that innovation still drives them as they constantly work to make their industry-leading trucks safer, more dependable, and even more efficient. All the things that make a smart business decision a winning business decision, no matter what you may haul. Learn more about Freightliner on Highway Trucks at Freightliner.com. Freightliner, run
3: smart. This is NASCAR Live. Now, back to Mike Bagley.
1: About to head to the house for this week's NASCAR Live. Before we do, MRN.com has a new podcast series called MRN Presents Jeff Gordon, The Colorful Career of the Rainbow Warrior. You can hear Episode 1 this week. Jeff Gordon's first foray
12: into competitive racing was bicycle motocross. As a 5-year-old, he did well. He won several races and made it to the 1976 state championships but his mom believed bmx was too dangerous for jeff and put an end to it which prompted a shift to 50 mile per hour quarter midgets for 1977.
3: well when he showed up in 1977 you know he weighed uh, 32 pounds i think it was uh he was unquestionably the littlest kid at the quarter digit track
12: Jeff's stepdad urged him to practice 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 hoping to keep his six-year-old busy and out of trouble he just had an incredible work ethic um, you know he he was very determined very driven and and I don't know if naturally you know not only did I probably not have that I don't even know if I have that today so it it took more discipline, and, and took somebody to push me for me to get the most out of what I was capable of doing. And, and I, there's no doubt in my mind that I would not have excelled in racing or been a race car driver. I probably would not have taken those risks and chances had it not been for the influence of my stepfather.
1: That's all from this week's new podcast series called MRN Presents Jeff Gordon, the colorful career of the Rainbow Warrior. You can download the show for free on iTunes and at MRN.com. Before we wrap things up, Susie Armstrong has this week in NASCAR history.
0: Thanks, Mike. This week, we reset the clock on our PDAs to 1995. The music world and millions of fans mourn the loss of America's disc jockey, Wolfman Jack. Hootie and the Blowfish explode onto the pop music scene with the year's top-selling album, Cracked Rear View. And Jeff Gordon and the Rainbow Warriors were keeping their eyes forward, taking the checkers in the slick 5300 at New Hampshire Motor Speedway.
8: Gordon winds that engine out to
12: full
1: song. Now off to the accelerator on the brakes down to the bottom of turn number three. Now he can see the checkered flag as he heads off turn four.
2: And here in New Hampshire on July the 9th, the NASCAR Winston Cup points will take a big shuffle. Jeff Gordon wins the race. He'll take over the NASCAR point lead.
0: 2006. Kenny Chesney is as hot as the 4th of July on country radio with summertime. Pirates of the Caribbean, Dead Man's Chest hits the box office as the second installment of the popular Disney franchise and Jeff Gordon cross swords with Matt Kenseth in the closing laps of the USG sheetrock 400 at Chicagoland Speedway it's a
1: kiss. It's a simple wine. It's final time through turn three and four by Jeff Gordon he's looking for the checkered flag off the corner
13: and one of only four tracks he had never won on Jeff Gordon finally goes to victory lane he wins today in the USG sheetrock 400 at Chicagoland Speedway
0: 2010 train steams to number one with the hit single hey soul sister the nba's lebron james takes major heat after announcing he was miami bound forsaking his hometown cleveland cavaliers bp feels increased public scrutiny as engineers frantically attempt to stem the oil flow from the gulf of mexico's deep water horizon and no one could subdue David Rudiman in the Windy City as the Toyota Pilot led the final 32 laps and nabbed his second career victory in the LifeLock.com 400 at Chicagoland Speedway.
1: Hey, off the end of the back straightaway comes David Rudiman, one lap car between himself and Carl Edwards. Carl's got one final shot. He doesn't have time to get it done. Here's David Rudiman off turn four for the final time. Everybody
13: thought it would be Jimmy Johnson, maybe Denny Hamlin, maybe Jeff Gordon, but instead, surprise it
0: is David Ruderman who scores the win in the LifeLock.com 400. And those are just some of the events from this week in NASCAR history. Thank
1: you, Susie. Don't forget the Quaker State 400 from Kentucky Speedway. Coming up this Saturday night, starting at 730 Eastern, our friends at the Performance Racing Network will have coverage of all the action. We'd like to thank Sunday's winner, Justin Haley, for joining us. Also, we thank Eric Jones, country music singer Michael Ray, Brad Keslowski's crew chief, Paul Wolf, and for the rest of the MRN crew, I'm Mike Bagg. Thank you so much for joining us. And we'll chat with you again next week right here on NASCAR Live. Until then, so long, everybody. NASCAR
3: Live is a production of the Motor Racing Network with studios in Concord, North Carolina and Daytona Beach, Florida and was brought to you by Bloomin' Monday at Outback Steakhouse and by Hercules Tires right on our string today's broadcast was produced by alexa henry tyler burnett and rich culbert the executive producer for mrn is ryan horn remember to visit mrn.com to get all of the latest nascar news and information nascar live is produced under an exclusive license with nascar any use of the accounts or descriptions contained in this broadcast must be with the express written permission of nascar and the motor racing network
11: I thought so. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more.
0: Ruoff Mortgage wants to welcome you home with their fast and stress-free mortgage process. Ruoff knows that when you're ready to move, you want to keep things moving. From the moment you start, Ruoff makes sure the process moves quickly, often twice as fast as other lenders, so you can close quickly and settle in sooner. Visit Ruoff.com to learn how you can qualify for the fastest loan of your life. That's Ruoff, R-U-O-F-F dot com.